Today I'm sharing my journey of how I stepped away from hormonal birth control pills after being on it for 10 years and dived into this personal liberation adventure as I reconnected with the innate wisdom of my body's natural cycles and opened myself up to the horrifying thought of who am I off the pill. Hey witch, I'm Luna Saranova, and you're listening to Good Witch, Bad Bitch. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Good Witch, Bad Bitch podcast. I hope you're excited and I hope that you grab a treat or something to drink because this is going to be a very long and very like, yeah, intense, full of information sort of podcast. Um, so this is something that I didn't know if I was going to talk about at first. Honestly, at first, when I started this journey, I was like, oh, I should vlog this, like vlog the experience. And then I was just like, no, like this needs to be a really personal thing for me. Um, you know, because it is like a, that was like a big life change. It was huge for me. So I, um... I'm happy to finally share it with you guys because when I first started my journey, I asked you all on Instagram, hey, has anyone gone through this? If so, like what tips do you have? And I got a lot of responses with tips, but so many people said, oh my God, let me know what you find out, how it goes for you, um, because they were all interested too. So I thought it, it only seemed right to make this podcast. Now I need to note that I am not trying to get pregnant. And that's like the biggest thing. I am not trying to get pregnant. I don't want to, um, at least in this point in my life. And so my whole perspective through this journey is getting off of the birth control pill and using natural birth control um, with with no intention of getting pregnant in, in the near future at all. Um, and I've been successful for eight months. So um, I would say it works for sure. And uh, I'm gonna let you guys know all about it. <laughs> So thank you for joining today. Hello and welcome. You get the gist of this video from the title. You know why you're here. Um, I'm on my moon cycle today, so I felt like this was the perfect time to film this. Um, I asked you all questions on my Instagram and I made sure to answer those throughout the outline. I'm referencing my notes because there's so much information. There's so much I want to say and I want to make sure I hit it all and of course there's no way I'm going to answer every question. So if you have a question that's not answered by the end of this podcast, please just DM me or let me know in the comments. This is a video podcast as well, so it'll be up on YouTube for any of you listening on Spotify or Apple Music. Um, you can hop over to YouTube and ask in the comments. I'll be there. One of the reasons I really wanted to do this video podcast was because when I started my adventure, a lot of the media online was through a Catholic lens. Um, you know, and I know from my time growing up Catholic that like they're very anti-birth control. Um, and so like they kind of have to figure it out on their own. Um, and so a lot of it comes from a bit of a religious lens. And I just kind of wanted to have a, you know, non-religious lens that we're looking at this through here. Obviously, I'm going to have my personal bias of being a spiritual person, but... Um, yeah, there's no religion in this. There is a bit of like, you know, witchy shit, but you know, who can, what can you say? It's me, you know? <laughs> so let me just start from the beginning. Why did I want to get off the birth control pill? Also, I don't know if I said this, I'll be referencing my notes. So for any of you guys watching, um, that's what I'm looking at. So 
I had been on the pill since I truly don't remember. Um, I was very young and I had, I had only had my period for a little bit. So I was probably like 13 at the earliest, 15 at the latest. Um, and I got on the pill because I had horrible periods. I, you know, I had like an iron deficiency. I had these like insane, and I know so many of you have had these too. Um, just like insane, insanely painful long periods. I remember bleeding for like a month straight, like they were horrible. And so I got on the pill and of course there was like, it's so funny cause you know, everyone in your family has to be a part of it. And they're like, she's so young and like all this like weird slut shaming, even though it's like, this is just for health reasons. So that's always just a funny part of being a young woman is there's, there's always about sex to somebody. And it's like, please just let me, um, let me not have these horrible periods because I can't go to school. Um, and so I, I've been on birth control, the birth control pill from when I was 13 or 15 until last September when I was 24. Um, and so over the past, the, the year prior to getting off of it, I had started to think about that experience as a kid. And I started to worry that I might be struggling with PCOS or endometriosis because of those that those early periods that I had. Um, and one thing about PCOS and endometriosis is, is often when you get diagnosed with that, they prescribe you the birth control pill to kind of help, but it doesn't cure anything. So if you ever get off the pill, it comes back. It just covers the symptoms. So, you know, I started thinking about that as I learned more about these conditions and I was like, oh my God, what if I have that? And what if that's contributing to, you know, my chronic illness? Like, what if I want to have kids someday and I can't, um, whether it be that or what if I'm just like infertile? Like I know my mom had a really hard time having kids. And so I just had all these questions of what is my body like with no additional hormones added? Um, I also, as many of you know, struggle with mental illness. And so I wondered how much of that stemmed from my birth control pills because, um, you know, I had heard that a lot of people, um, their depression and anxiety worsened when they were on the pills. And there's some people who say it got better when they were on the pills. So it's really a personal thing. Um, and so there was just like all these things that I was like, I don't know, like <laughs> who I am off the pill. Like what if my, it was like a whole ego crisis. I was like, what if my identity is completely different off the pill? Um, and it just was like a personal experience I needed to try. I wasn't having, I had been on different variations of the pill that were very bad. Um, but the current pill I was on was like fine. I was having super light periods. Um, you know, there were, there was nothing like wrong. Um, but I just had that question deep within of like, what, what is this? Um, and I just like never knew about any other options to be honest. Like, obviously you've got the IUD, um, like the shot or whatever, like all those different options. And I, none of them, I didn't want to do any of them. I really was interested in a natural alternative that wasn't, you know, bullshit, <laughs> truly. Um, and at the time, like the birth control pill absolutely was the best option for me. And I really wouldn't have had it any other way because any of you who have grown up in America, like most of you probably know that the sex education we get is really shit. And so I, you know, as like a sexually active teen, 
it's good <laughs> that I was on the pill because I truly like, yeah, I, I wouldn't have trusted myself back then to be aware of my cycles or to, I mean, no one had taught me that. So how was I to know? So I don't regret being on the pill. Like I, I, I know that it was definitely good for me during that time. Um, and so one day last year I was in Barnes and Noble and I found this book called In the Flow and I was flipping through it and I saw this section that was all about, you know, scheduling your life around the different phases of your menstrual cycle, which I was vaguely familiar with. Um, and I really liked that because as a witch, I follow the lunar cycles and that's kind of how I, you know, schedule my life. Um, and at some point in that book, she mentioned that if you are on hormonal birth control, you'll never be able to truly track your natural rhythm because you're not ovulating. You're just simply not having a full cycle. And so at first I was so sad and I was like, that can't be true. No. And so I, um, messaged, uh, someone I follow on Instagram. Her name's Brooke West. I'll link her down below. She's very informative. Um, and I was like, is this true? Because she's like a woman's nutritionist and she's really all about the um, phases of the menstrual cycle. And she was like, well, yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, you're not having an ovulation. You're not menstruating. And in the moment, I wanted her to say, no, you're good. You're good or whatever. And she was obviously like, listen, like, it's your choice. Like there is no right way. No, there's, there's no right way. And you really shouldn't feel guilted into doing it or whatever. Um, but I was just like, man, I really want to try this. And it just, it couldn't get out of my head. So I started to research FAM, which is what I use. It's called for the fertility awareness method. Um, I asked around, I posted on Instagram, I did my research. And, and so finally I ended up taking the plunge in September of 2022. Um, and the main book that was recommended by every single person, I literally thought it was like, <laughs> I literally thought it was like an MLM scheme or something like that because everyone mentioned this freaking book. And I was like, no way, there's a book that good. But literally it is, okay? And this is called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. And this is the only book I would, this is the only book I read. You can see it's huge for any of you who are just listening. You can't see it, but it's a really big book. It's over 500 pages very much textbook energy. Um, and it has, you don't have to read the whole thing. That That's one thing I think should be noted. If you are trying to avoid getting pregnant, there are specific um, chapters that are beneficial to you. Um, I mean, there's chapters all about pregnancy. So if you're not pregnant, you can skip all of those. I really only read probably, you know, three parts maybe. And I'll have those in the description, which parts that I read. Um, and it's literally comprehensive. You Everything you need to know is here. And if you need more help, you can find a, a fam counselor. I didn't do that personally. And we'll get more into this in a little bit. But you can if you're feeling like you're not 100% certain. Um, so I got the book. I read it. And I researched so much. Like, I really researched. Obviously, this is a huge thing. And I am a sexually active person. And I don't want to get pregnant. And so I was taking it very seriously as I should. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> when you're on Google, you guys probably know this, um, you can find a lot of horror stories. And I didn't find, I mean, it's effective. Like I, there was nothing like, you know, where people followed the actual full uh, method and, you know, like all these people got pregnant. Like it was effective, but I found these crazy stories about, you know, people saying their periods were horrible or their whole personalities changed. And even people literally saying, um, 
that your body kind of, your hormones change so much that if you found your partner pre-getting off the pill and then you get off the pill, you might not find them attractive anymore. And you might be like literally repulsed because your hormones clash. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I was like, am I like, like worst case scenario, uh, am I just like not gonna like my husband anymore? Which I was like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I love him. And you know, it was, it was a lot of, there was a lot of scary things. There are a lot of, you know, crazy stories. And I just had to accept those possibilities and say, okay, well, you know, I, I can always get back on the pill. Like if, if, if I'm a bitch off the pill, you know what I'm saying? Like if I am a bad person for some reason, like worst case scenario, you know, I can just get back on the pill. Like it's literally fine. And I knew that like, I probably want to have kids someday. So I'm going to get off of it someday. And it just felt right. It was just vibes, just vibes, you know, it felt right. And I knew that I, I thought maybe I had PCOS or endometriosis. And so I prepared myself for like, okay, this is literally for all my witches out there. This is going to be an underworld journey. This is going to be, I'm going to be going through the dark. I don't know what to expect. I'm entering the cave. I'll be meeting this person who I was before the pill. I mean, you can't remember what you were like 10 years ago, especially when you were like 13. And that was the thing too. I was like, 13, you haven't even developed your personality yet. So what if it's like, you know, I'm getting like so deep into it. I'm like, what if it's like a whole different person? And, you know, just me being dramatic. Um, but in a way I was really preparing for an ego death and I didn't know what to expect. So this is, this is the vibe. All right. So, okay, before we get further, let's just like talk about what the fertility awareness method is, what FAM is. Um, I'll, I'll abbreviate it as FAM. That's the abbreviation. That's what I'll refer to it as. Um, and so let's talk about what it is and what it isn't. Because when I asked you all on Instagram, a lot of you were like, oh, okay. So is this like a pill? Like, is this an herbal concoction that you're making? And no, I'm not, I'm not taking any, um, herbal supplements. I'm not taking, I'm not taking anything. I'm not doing anything at all. All I am doing is letting my body be a body. And I have learned the three ways that, um, you can, you can track your cycle, which we'll get into it. You can track your ovulation. You can see when you ovulate, you can see when you have already ovulated, etc. We'll get into that. Uh, and I'm, I should just probably say I'm not like a fam, I don't know what they're called, like teacher. I have not been coached. I've literally read this book and I just have my eight months of experience. That's literally it. So if you are doing this, don't just start it after listening to this podcast, please read the book, please do your research and please don't do it until you feel ready. Okay. I really, and I'll, we'll get into it. I'm getting ahead of myself. Like I said, this is going to be a doozy. This is going to be a long one. So like I said, FAM stands for fertility awareness method. And that's what it is. You are just learning to be aware of your fertility. Um, and it's funny because I think we're kind of taught and we kind of live in this culture where it's like, if you're not on the pill, if you're not using condoms, like you are fertile, <laughs> like at all times. Like I, when I was on the pill, I truly, truly, 
I still thought I would, I was just like pregnant all the time. Like before I had sex ever, I was like, I just think I'm pregnant. I'm the next Virgin Mary. And it's like so funny when we think about that and how that's not an uncommon fear. Like, you know, that is something that there is just so little research put into women's body in the mainstream, you know, medical and, and educational kind of areas of life that we are just out here blindly like, I don't know, I think I'm fertile all the time. And when you really find out about the, the four stages of the menstrual cycle, you find out that truly you are only actually fertile for 24 to 48 hours. Now, that's not to say you can't get pregnant other days because, um, you know, sperm can live in your uterus for up to five days, okay? So there's a window. So while it is, you know, we're only fertile for really up to two days, or we're only ovulating up to two days, there is a larger fertility window. But essentially, when you can track your cycle and you are using this birth control method, you only have to really, I mean, I'm pretty conservative with my practice because I really don't want to get pregnant. And so I'm very careful. I'd say I usually, for about a week and a half, don't do, you know, <laughs> I don't do, I don't know what all I can say without getting demonetized, but I use protection or I get a little crafty with my methods. You know what I'm saying? I, I, <laughs> I get a little freaky in other ways, you know, because there is so many ways to, uh, you know, get it on. Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I really only have to uh, watch what's going on in there for like a week and a half. Um, and otherwise, go at it. You know what I'm saying? So we'll get more into that in a second. But basically what it is, it's this tracking system. And you chart a couple of different things. Now... It's a very like kind of, there's a lot of different types of this like FAM or fertility awareness method. And there are basically three main things that you are able to chart. And that is cervical mucus, your basal body temperature, and your cervical position. They say you don't have to chart all three. I only chart two. I don't do the cervical position. I've tried a couple times and I'm just like, what? I don't know. I think it would take me more practice to be confident about that. Um, they say definitely do cervical mu mucus and basal body temperature if you are trying to avoid. Now, the reason I'm like emphasizing on trying to avoid, obviously you guys are probably interested in trying to avoid because this is it being used as birth control. Um, but this is a very common way of getting pregnant if you are having infertility issues. Both my mom and my mother-in-law actually use this. When I talk to them about it, they're like, oh my God, yeah, no, we did that too, but it was to get pregnant because all you're doing is tracking your body. So you see when you're fertile. So if you're trying to conceive, you're like, oh yeah, we're gonna do it then. And if you're trying to avoid, you're like, no, nope, that's the time I don't. So it's great too, because, you know, when you're trying to avoid, you're trying to not get pregnant, you learn this. And if ever you want to have kids, girl, you can pinpoint that shit so good. Like you really can, you have such an understanding of your body. And so it's really helpful in that way. It's, it's not just for, um, you know, birth control. Um, 
so you have, anyway, you have those three things, the position, the cervical mucus, and the basal body temperature. You can, some people just track one. So some people just do their temperature. Some people just do their mucus. Um, I do both. Like I said, I'm trying to be conservative with this and like really be careful. Um, and so basically you, you learn what these three things, as they change over your cycle, what that indicates and you learn how to tell when you are fertile. And I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more. And again, I'm not a teacher, but I do want to just explain because that is probably really, you know, it took me a while to really research this material and really just read it over a million times before I was 100% confident and certain. Um, but for example, um, everyone who has a regular cycle, when you're off the pill, you will see a change, a pretty consistent change in your cervical mucus every single cycle. So you'll obviously have your period. After that, you'll typically have like a dry face where you're not really having any cervical mucus. If there's anybody here who's like queasy, get over it. This is just, this is just the body, okay? If there's any men here, they're gone by now. Um, <laughs> but you'll start to notice this change in texture and... Uh, like viscosity, I guess. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I am like not a very weird person when it comes to bodily fluids. So this wasn't challenging for me. It was more just like super interesting to see how they, how it changes. Um, and you can see like this change from like a creamier consistency to a like egg white consistency. Okay. And then back down to dry. Basically, yeah, that's, that's about what you see. And you can see that in your chart when you're charting it. They've got a lot of apps too to chart. Uh, I use Kendara, I think is what it's called. Um, but I, uh, I, I don't like, it'll predict when you're gonna ovulate and I don't go off of that. I literally go off of what I chart because your ovulation changes every cycle. You know, maybe one day it's on the 15th day, maybe one day it's on the 20th day, you know, it really is gonna change. Um, and then your temperature, which was the most interesting thing to me, changes. And I was like, no way. Like, I'm a very skeptical person. And so I was like, no, I mean, that makes no fucking sense. Like, it makes no sense. Well, we're going to take my temperature and it's going to tell me like, oh, go ahead, girl. Like, <laughs> no. Like, so I was so skeptical, but it's literally the hormones. It's that simple. It is that when you are ovulating, you produce different hormones then after you ovulate, because that is what causes your period to start, what causes your body to ovulate. Um, it's really as simple as that. So when you are, um, you know, pre-ovulation, you'll hang out in a very specific temperature range. It's not gonna be the same every day, but it'll like wobble, like it'll go up and down a little bit. And then you'll ovulate and you won't know that you've ovulated until after you ovulate. And that's why it's important to be very careful. Um, and you will see this huge spike because your body's gonna start to produce progesterone, I think, um, after you've ovulated because your body is basically trying to become an incubator just in case you got pregnant. So your temperature spikes. And now you might be thinking, well, what if I just have like a fever or something, or it's like a weird thing. And there are a lot of things. This is why it's so important to read the material that can change your temperature. Uh, and one thing when you're doing this method, you have to make sure that you are a person who can take your temperature regularly at the same time every morning. 
So if you're someone who like works night shifts sometimes and, and, and you don't other times, then it's going to be really hard to track this. But if you wake up at a consistent time, you'll be, you'll be able to track this. Um, and I mean, I usually, it's like 30 minutes to an hour max, you know, you know, different. Um, but if I travel to a different time zone, I'm just extra careful. Okay. I'm just extra careful. I'll throw on a condom, you know, like, like do something different. Like if when in doubt, just like be careful for me personally. Um, you know, drinking the night before can also mess up your temperature. But if we're looking at a pretty good regular chart, you'll see that huge temperature spike. And that will indicate you can say, okay, I must have ovulated about a day ago, but you want to wait like three to five days to make sure that your temperature stays up in that high zone. Um, just to make sure it's not a fluke or something weird, you know what I'm saying? But I'm not going to explain like everything about it because it would literally take so long. And I, I know that the book is so much more important, but I did want to give you an idea of kind of what, what it is and basically what you're tracking um, for the most part. Um, and I want to talk about what isn't because a lot of people conflate FAM with the rhythm method. And while FAM is incredibly effective, the rhythm method is not. So make sure that you are not learning about the rhythm method because that is not effective. That is the, you know, oh my, that's how, you know, a lot of people are like, well, fam, that's how I got here. Like, that's what happened with my parents. And you find out actually it was the rhythm method. The rhythm method is different because instead of tracking the temperature and your cervical mucus, you are just going off of the idea that all women ovulate on the 14th day of their cycle. Now, when you do any research about, you know, the uterus and people with uteruses and people who like ovulate, you see that it is so varying. One week, you know, I'll ovulate on the 14th day and then it'll be on the 18th, etc. And so it changes and you really can't just like hope that it's the same day because then you're going to really mess yourself up. And it all really comes down to understanding the four parts of your cycle, which are menstruation, the follicular phase, ovulation, and the luteal phase. Um, again, like to learn this, really read this book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. It's, it's the best book and it really goes into it so much. Um, and, and really what FAM is, is it's your knowledge of, you know, the body and all of this that you're going to research and read plus reading the cues of your body. So you can't just have the knowledge. You have to also be every day. And it might seem crazy, like, oh my God, you take your temperature every morning and then you're like always looking at like how juicy you are. <laughs> and like, yeah, at first I was like, how am I going to remember to do all that? And some days I forget to take my temperature, but it comes really naturally. You know, you really just like, it's the thing now I wake up, I don't check my phone. I take my temperature instead. Okay. Um, and then just like when you go to the bathroom, you just like see what's going on. You know, it's pretty easy. Um, so your knowledge plus your understanding of your body uh, plus reading the cues of your body. Okay. I miss the understanding your body. All those three things, your knowledge, your understanding of your body and reading the cues and also charting it because the chart is really helpful. Um, and there's nothing to take. There's no herbs, no pills, nothing. The only thing I bought, I bought the book. Obviously, it was worth, it was like 20, $26, so a little expensive, but really, really good. Um, I bought a basal body temperature thermometer, and you do want to be specific. You can't just use your thermometer at home. You need one that is, um, can go to like 0.00, if you know what I'm saying. Um, 
I ordered mine on Amazon because I couldn't find one at Target. So you can find them online. They're like $14. And I also got condoms because I had not used condoms because I was on the pill. And uh, only one partner, so I didn't need condoms. But I was like, oh, we're gonna try that. So that's all I bought. There's no pills, there's no prescription. And there's a lot of benefits. You know, you're not taking any hormones. You're absolutely natural, which I love not in a way of like, ooh, like I'm so natural. Cause you guys know, like if, you, if you've been here a while, you know, um, I take medicine for my chronic illness. I wish I didn't, but I have to. Um, but it's nice to not have to worry because if you go, if you go camping or you're just like out and about or you're like staying over to a friend's house, it's never like, oh my God, I forgot my pills at home. Like I'm gonna miss this pill and then I'm gonna have to like, you know, blah, 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 like whatever. One time, I think I forgot my, therm my, my thermometer when I went on a vacation, but I just like used condoms. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, take it easy. And you truly like, when you know what you're doing, you don't have to take your temperature every single day. Like when you know you've ovulated, you really don't need to take your temperature, but uh, definitely do it for the first while. Um, and you know, not only do you like also gain this deep understanding of your body and the wisdom of like your body and how your body is constantly telling you these things and cueing you into what's happening um you can also like have unprotected sex all you want in the non-fertile times once you learn this you understand you ovulate once during your whole cycle you ovulate once in crazy situations Maybe you release a second egg, but that can only happen 24 hours, within 24 hours after your first egg. So it's never gonna be like you ovulate once and then a week later you also ovulate. It's gonna be within 24 to 48 hours max. And once you see your temperature shift and after like five days, you, girl, you're good. <laughs> you're good to do whatever you want um, because you know for a fact I ovulated. That's how my body works. Until I have menstruation and ovulate again, I'm not ovulating, you know? So you just learn so much about your body. There are a lot of misconceptions about the fertility awareness method. The main one is just that it's the same as the rhythm method. So it gets, you know, lumped in with that and it gets a bad rap because of that. Um, but like I've already said, it's, it's not the rhythm method. And as long as you are tracking your body and you're not relying on oh, well, last time I ovulated on the 16th day, so I'm gonna ovulate on that day and I'm not gonna check these things. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, always check because ovulation changes. And, and sometimes things happen where if you get sick or if you're having very a very stressed time, your body will delay ovulation because at the core, your body wants to get pregnant. And I know it's like, ew, queen, like chill. Like, <laughs> no, baby. But your body does and that's just humans. Um, and so if you're super stressed, you might, you know, not ovulate for a while. And then, you know, so if you planned on like, oh, I ovulate on the 16th day, but your ovulation gets delayed a, a while and you're slamming on your 20th day and you don't know that you're ovulating, obviously that's a bad time. So it's so important to be every day reading these cues and seeing, you know, what's going on. Um, and uh, so there's another, because it gets lumped in with the rhythm method, people think it's ineffective. But when you look at the science and the statistics, which I will have linked in the description because I want you guys to research it yourself. 
and there's not a ton of research on it because um, it has been kind of like rejected from a lot of scientific fields, which the author does talk about how um, when she first started sharing this with fellow, I think she is a doctor. I don't know what MPH means, but maybe she's not a doctor, but she, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But when she was like showing these studies to doctors, they literally said like, oh, well, that's too much for women to do. Cause it was like the seventies or whatever. And not that that's an excuse, <laughs> um, but they were saying like, well, women are not gonna do, like women are not smart enough to track these things. Like that's high level stuff. And so it's almost like feminist as fuck to do this because you're like, well, look who figured it out, you know? Um, so so a lot of science just was like, no, like that's too much to handle. And I promise you guys, it's not hard. It's like, once you get it down, you're good. Um, but studies have shown that it's actually 99.6% effective with perfect use. Now, obviously no one's perfect, right? Um, be perfect at the times it matters, right? So when you can guarantee that you've ovulated, you know, then you can like not worry so much about your temperature. You, you can be less perfect, but it's important to be as perfect as you can during that like week, week and a half window where you know, shit could go wrong. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, but also because of that, if you get off the pill and, uh, you know, there, your cycles are going to be weird for a couple of months. Mine were weird for about three months. Uh, yeah, about, I'd say two to three months. Um, and I already told myself I'm going to have three months where I literally, I'm not even going to, I'm going to chart everything, but I'm not even going to try to think about when would be an okay time to have unprotected sex because I was just like three months of letting my body get back to normal and then we'll start to slowly wean into, you know, doing it. Cause it's scary at first. You're like, I don't trust this. Even though I know the science, I don't trust it. Um, but if you are past that three, six, nine month mark and your periods are still irregular or you do struggle with PCOS or endometriosis, um, you might not want to do unprotected sex. Um, you might want to always use condoms or, you know, always do some sort of like protection. Um, because if you, if you passed the three, six month mark, still have irregular periods or, you know, for some reason, like I said, if you work nights or etc., you can't consistently track, you know, at least one of the three important things to chart, then it's just like, maybe not it for you. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't have to do this. This is not like superior to any other method. It's just what I like to do. Um, but you know, some people have irregular cervical mucus. Some people can't track their temperatures regularly. And, you know, just think about that. Um, you know, it's not like, it's not gonna be perfect if you can't track those things. Um, and also do remember that, uh, you know, wait three months at least before trying, you know, wait till your cycles are regular and it's, and you fully understand your cycle and the science before you, you know, jump into, you know, getting too frisky. So, <laughs> yeah. So we've talked about that. Let me just now just share a bit more of like my personal experience and what kind of happened for me and where I was like my mindset. So I do want to just say that I live in California. So I 
live in a state that allows me to make an informed choice about my reproductive health. And that made a huge, you know, part in, in this, in this decision, because although, you know, the science is sound and obviously like I can prove that, um, I was still like unlearning a lot of fear about natural fertility and just complete misinformation about the female body. And I knew that like, okay, well, you know, if this is a fluke and everyone's just like duping me, cause I don't, I'm having anxiety. So in my head, I'm like, what if it's all a scheme? And like, I am going to be the first to try it and get duped. That's so stupid. But I thought that, and I was like, you know, I had to make that choice that like, if I did it and it didn't work, am I going to have options? You know, if I lived in a state where I didn't have options, I probably wouldn't have done this because yeah, it's just not my time right now. And so having, although I never want to like personally experience that, I knew that like, if it happened, I was able to, you know, get a medical procedure if I needed to. Um, So I just like want to mention the privilege of that because I know that not everyone has that. And I think that that's horrible and so sad. And I'm like, it's fucking horrible that we have digressed, I guess, is that the right word, as a society? Um, And yeah, I mean, I think everyone deserves the right to an abortion. And um, so that obviously played a huge role. Um, But yeah, so if you're in a state that that is not an option for you, just really think it through of like, you know, worst case scenario, like, are you okay with those consequences? Like, you know, um, but yeah, other than that, um, I think the hardest part of this whole process for me was unlearning the fear and listening to my body. It's crazy how like much I gaslit myself and I could see both of these you know, important things that you're supposed to chart. I see the science. I see the examples. I see my chart, my graph fully tell me, hey girl, you're good. You ovulated. And I'm still like, yeah, I don't know about that. (laughs) Just because we're taught, you know, that basically we're just like fertile anytime. And so it took so much for me to really trust the science because, you know, it's like not a very talked about thing and it was just like scary it was like high risk high reward you know um and so unlearning that and it's just crazy it was really crazy and just understanding truly that like you really have to I don't know for me I had to like take myself out of my ego and like my experience and my fears and just like look at my body and the science and be like you release one egg. There's no way you're going to do another one a week later. You're really fine. You're really okay. And it took a lot of me just like taking that leap after many, many months of consistent charting to say like, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. You said it's fine. And then everything being fine for me to like start to trust it. Um, and, you know, thankfully my husband's very supportive. I've seen a lot of things online and the forums that I've been in of people being like, oh, well, my, my partner doesn't believe me or they don't believe the science. And it's just like really funny that very 
I, I do think it's a sort of internalized misogyny because it is information coming from women about women that is not in mainstream medical science. Uh, for the most part, I do think, I mean, there are a lot of like, like I don't tell my doctors that I do this because there's a lot of, you know, people just equate it to the rhythm method and I just don't want to lecture because I know what I'm doing and I don't need someone to misunderstand what I'm doing and then like purposefully, you know, uh, misunderstand me or, or accidentally misunderstand me or whatever. But, um, yeah, I've seen a lot of people talk about how their partners, like they, they're like, Hey, here's the, here's the material, like read about this. This is how it is. And they're still like, mm, I don't believe that. Um, it'd be a bigger thing if it was true. And it's, it's just like, it makes me sad for them. Um, and so I'm very thankful that like, I like sat down with my husband, I like showed him the charts. I was like, listen, and we had some mutual friends who had already done it. And so I think because of that, he was very receptive and very, I mean, and also he's just like, he trusts me <laughs> to like make an informed decision. And um, so because of those factors, I mean, he was very, very supportive. So um, I don't know, I don't have any great advice for those whose partners are not supportive other than just telling them like, hey, these are the sections. If you care so much, read the book, read the science, <laughs> you know, um, and then and then get back to me. And, you know, hopefully they read it and do the research. But uh, yeah. And so, like I said, before I um, before I got on the birth control pill, like way back when I was 13 or whatever, um, like I said, my periods were so bad. And so I had prepared to go back to that and I was like, all right, you know, I, I remember periods where I, I had that period for a month. And so I was just like, okay, thankfully I work from home. So I don't have to like, you know, worry about all that. So I was like, all right, here we go. And um, my first cycle, so it, like a, a typical cycle is 28 days. Mine now are about 29 to 31 days. So that's typical for me. I see that every month. Um, my first cycle off the pill was 41 days. So expect the first three months to be crazy. Like I said, so, and the first cycle, I'm counting the first cycle as I got off the pill and I had my fake period that you have when you're on the pill. Cause when you're on your, your pill, you're not having a true period because you never ovulated. So you don't have any like, you know, shit to release. It's kind of, I'm not sure the science behind like how it works, but, um, you know, that's why it's usually so much more chill because it's kind of like faking your body into thinking that you had a period. Um, so I got off the pill. I, I had my like, on the pill I was on, it was like four iron pills or whatever, you know, those pills that are not the birth control pill and it lets you kind of have your bleed or whatever. So I had the four iron pills and then I stopped taking my pill pack and my body was like, what, what's going on? I didn't ovulate for a while. Um, I mean, my luteal phase is about 11 days. So I would say, and again, I'm not sure what it was the first, um, cycle, but yeah, I would say I probably didn't ovulate till like late twenties or like maybe day 30. Um, and my second cycle was the 27 day cycle. So that was like pretty quick. And then my third was 31 and now I'm at like 29 to 31 days. Um, so my third cycle was pretty chill but my first and second were a little weird. My first period, so like my first real period, so after I officially ovulated for the first time, after those first 41 days, I had my first real period, 
it was honestly not bad. It was really not bad. I was like waiting. I was like, okay, day two, everything's fine. All right. It was, it was more than being on the pill. Obviously my pill periods were like max. I needed a panty liner, you know, it was like chill. Um, like I never used tampons or anything. And you know, so I stocked up for this experience and, um, I, I would say it was just like a very medium flow. Like it was probably, I think it was five days. Um, yeah, I think it was a five day, uh, bleed. And I mean, you know, first day was like pretty light and then it kind of went up to like medium or heavy, I'd say. Um, but it was nothing like the periods I had when I was a teen and since I got off the birth control pill, I haven't had a period like I had when I was a teenager. And I really think, like I said, I expected to have like PCOS or anything. I'm so grateful that I don't have to worry about that. And I've found through this whole experience that I'm, I have a very normal cycle. I am, you know, I'm, I'm so relieved because I, for a long time, feared that I was going to have fertility issues whenever I did want to have kids just because my mom really struggled with that um and you know that was like a, a thing that like really secretly really dug at me um you know because I like I don't want kids right now and like me and my husband are very much like ew kids like we're not in our kid era but I do want kids someday you know maybe when I'm 30 like I, I really I do and so that thought just always was there of like you know when I'm 27 or 28 and I want to do that am I going to get off the pill and like find out that it's going to be a long process, you know, and then, and then who knows? So I was so, so just like relieved to be able to see like, wow, I have a very, I'm just like chilling. I've got a very good cycle. Um, one thing that was so crazy to me about my first real cycle was I was able to feel myself ovulate. And this is something that not a lot of people talk about, but they do talk about it in the book. So I was prepared. Um, there are some, oh, I don't know what they call, they like have coined a word of like, like a halfway period or like a mid, mid cycle cramps or something like that. Cause it, it kind of feels similar. Um, and there were like a lot of different symptoms that you can get. Like I think breast soreness was maybe one of them, but really all I got was like, I could literally feel like my left ovary cramping. I was like, oh shit, <laughs> you know, cause you only release an egg from like one. Um, and I was like, whoa, like I felt it. And, and I was able to track, you know, while tracking my different things that I was tracking, I was able to see, yeah, I was ovulating that day, you know? And so it was so crazy. Um, but now I really truly don't notice it. I don't know if that's like, I'm not paying attention or if my body's just like a little bit more chill. But it was really, really crazy to see, you know, to like feel that, to really experience that. Um, and so some of the symptoms I had just getting off of it, I mean, I was definitely back to real periods. Again, nothing like what I experienced when I was a teen, but I mean, like bleeding for five days, which is like very normal, but I was so used to, you know, those like panty liner bleeds that like you don't even notice. Um, so like I, you know, I got a diva cup because I found out that the tampons I was using, um, which are supposed to be like, oh, what are they called? I can't remember what they're called, but, um, they were supposed to be like all natural, like dye free. 
found out they've got like a ton of chemicals in them. So I was like, you know what? I'm just not even going to use tampons. I'm just going to get, um, I got sent a diva cup from like this, uh, PR box I got when I was in college. Um, and you know, we can talk about menstrual cups another day. I think I want to get a different one. I don't know. The diva cup is like a little firm. We'll say that, but I do like having a menstrual cup. Um, and I have like period panties and stuff. I just like don't want to stick a tampon in me anymore after, you know, all of that. So um, definitely like real periods, prepare to get, you know, like protection in that way. Um, and everyone talks about the sex drive because as we've talked about, when you were on the pill, you were not ovulating. Basically your body has stopped from ovulating. Um, and when you research the cycles and you know you know how human bodies are like we're wired to want to you know produce kids so when you are at your most fertile you also are feeling the most frisky so you're gonna be like really horny and so <laughs> a lot of people talk about their sex drive coming in very hard very heavy after they get off the pill and i already naturally have a pretty high sex drive i would say uh, but girl, that really, it really came in and it's really funny because it's so funny because it's when you're not supposed to and you're just like, wow, but it makes you get creative. And that's another fun thing that I liked was that, you know, yeah, it's just, you can't like literally have unprotected intercourse. There are so many other things you can do. And I think that's fun because it helps you to get creative, keep things spicy change things up a little now and then and and yeah have fun um uh, but like there was really no crazy symptoms i was prepared to be a whole different person and i i also i mean i still have depression <laughs> whoops it wasn't the pill it's just me <laughs> so i did find that out i found out oh mental illness is here to stay um which is fine i figured that it's been around for a while um, but yeah, so chronic illness is still here. Depression and anxiety are still here. Um, I, I've had some friends say that they just felt generally clearer, like a little bit more, uh, just like em embodied, I guess, uh, life felt less fuzzy. They felt more present. Um, and you know, I think I did experience that. Um, I think I'm used to it now at this point, but, uh, yeah. Um, and as far as protection, like I said, first three months I used condoms all the time or I just like, you know, did other things. Um, and now I just use protection or I get frisky in a special new way um, during the fertile window. So it's like I said, it's only like a week and a half to two weeks if you want to be like super, um, you know, super careful. Um, that you just have to be mindful about these things. Um, and yeah, I mean, overall, like, I just think it was a very great experience, a very good experience. Um, I learned so much about the body. And like I said, it really does feel like, it really feels almost like a feminist act to get this information about your body and, and to know it because no one can take that away from you. Um, you know, I think that's kind of one of my things. I have like a lot of trauma with like medical doctors and stuff because of my chronic illness and, you know, insurance changes and not being able to get my medicine for my chronic illness. And that's, that incites a lot of fear because it's like, 
I need that thing. I'm dependent on that thing. And I truly, my body is. Um, and so having, having no dependency on anything other than your knowledge about your body. And even if you're not able to track your temperature, if you have a consistent, um, if you find that you have this consistent, like, chart of uh, cervical mucus, which in my case I do, you don't even need your temperature. Again, it's obviously a lot better if you can track both. It's best if you can track all three. Um, but yeah, I mean, even if you forget your thermometer, as long as you are able to check in with your punani and say, girl, what's up? <laughs> You're able to be in, t be in tune with your body. Uh, and I just think that's so incredible. It's so amazing. And I've just, I've been so grateful to have stumbled upon this information and to take in this journey. And so I wanted to share that with you guys and, and to pass that along because, you know, and I'm not here to say, do it or don't do it. Like literally you are, I just want you guys to know that whatever you choose to do with your body, that is empowering because it's your choice. And whatever you need to do, do it. Like I am not one to shame people for the choices they make about their body. And I don't, I do not think that this is a superior choice than the birth control pill or the IUD or whatever. Um, you know, I think that we are all different human beings and we all require different things because we live different lives. And it's as simple as that. It really is. And you know, I, I just want to share my experience and my very long experience, very long story about uh, about this because without people sharing their experiences with me, I don't know if I would have done this. If I never found out about this book, for so long I saw those like natural cycles ads on Instagram and I was like, yeah, right. Taking your temperature to see if you're pregnant, loser. <laughs> like that's not true. Because no one talked to me about it. And I don't expect you guys to know and, until someone tells you about it. So I hope this was informative. Um, but I hope above all else, I hope it just inspires you to make your own informed choice about your body and to do the research and to, yeah, do whatever is best for you, okay? I love you all so, so much. Again, comment below if you have any questions or DM me on Instagram. You can find me at Nova on all platforms. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. I hope you feel empowered and lovely today. And I will see you all next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd encourage you to stick around. I've got tons more content for you here on the podcast and over on YouTube under my name, Luna Saranova. Make sure to follow me at Luna Saranova on Instagram for everyday witchy content. And if you'd like to share your support in a super easy and free way, go ahead and rate this podcast to let others know what you thought. My books are open for tarot and astrology readings. I've just released two new specialty readings, the Good Witch Reading and the Bad Bitch Reading, each to help you connect to your higher Good Witch, Bad Bitch self. Go ahead and check out my website for more details on that. And if you're ready to up your Good Witch, Bad Bitch game with a group of fun, supportive, and loving witchy friends, you should join my Moon Fam on Patreon and you'll get access to our group chat on Discord, our book club, and other behind the scenes and exclusive content that you'll only get on patreon all right love i'll see you next time until then go forth in your life with the power and love of the good witch bad bitch